Hello friends, I am Muhammad Arif, host of the Daily Books Podcast. In this episode, I'll read you chapter 3 from Restart by Gordon Cohen. So, let's get started. Chapter 3 Chase Ambrose I recognize this school, not because I remember it, it's just that mom drove me by here a few times over the last couple of weeks to make sure I'd be sort of familiar with the place. It's called Hayawasi Middle School. And it turns out I'm the star of just about every team they have, or extra, until further notice. I'm on the disabled list. I get this information from my mother on the drive to my first day of 8th grade. It's just the two of us now, since Jan is back at college. Mom's trying to fill me in on my former life so I won't be caught by surprise. Like when that psycho girl dumped frozen yogurt on my head. Funny, she was sympathetic when I told her about that, but she didn't seem very surprised, like we live in a town where people attack each other with deserts at all time. Oh, she replied airily. Young girls can be oversensitive, especially with a popular athlete. She smiles at you. You don't smile back? She takes it personally. But I did smile. She is the one who didn't. She went straight for the yogurt. She rolled her eyes. What do you want me to say, honey? I don't even know who this mystery yogurt bomber is. What here's the thing? I think she did know. Or at least she could make a pretty good guess. Why would she hold back that? It wasn't like those first days out of the hospital when, when she was a stranger to me. And I must have seemed plenty unfamiliar to her. Now, as we pull to the curb in front of the school, she's pumping me up with details like names of friends and teachers I get along with. Yet I, yet I still can't shake the impression that there's something being left unsaid. But, I'm, I prompt, she, she reddens. But what? I put it to it. Tell me the part you're living out. 13 years is a long time, Chase. There's no way I can fill all that empty space for you while you're, you're parked at the side of the road on the first day of school. You're going to hear things about yourself, good and bad. That might surprise you. Just keep your cool, okay? Now, what's that supposed to mean? I asked, she answered, and now I know even less than before. Her face is the color of an overripe tomato. I don't push it, I'll find out soon enough. There are hundreds of kids powering in the front of the entrance. Everybody seems to know everybody else. Back slaps and high fives, high fives fly everywhere, several of them fly in my direction and I smack hands, bump fists and try to look like I belong, which I definitely not. 
I also get some strange looks and, and a few kids meets my eyes and then furtively look away. I'm guessing this has something to do with the scrape on my face and my immobilized arm and shoulder. Mom warned me that a lot of people probably heard about my accident, but nobody knows that amnesia part. I have to get ready to explain that to a lot of friends who can't figure out why I don't recognize them. The teachers and officer staff had to be told, of course. It's our boy. A single below rises above the general chatter as soon as I entered the building. I don't know the kid, but I'm willing to bet he's one of my football buddies, judging by the size of him. From out of the hop-up of the foyer, guys who are, who are almost as big as converging on me, slapping and slapping at me and calling me their boy. Guys, guys, not the shoulder. My mind is reeling. How am I going to explain to this welcoming crowd that I haven't got the faintest idea who any of them are? I start to feel a little dizzy. Chase, Chase. Two more football players elbow their way to my side. To my surprise, I actually recognize their pair. They're the guys from the pumpkin smashing picture on my phone. Mom pointed them out in my lacrosse team photo as Aaron and Bear. Apparently, they're my best friends. Dude, good to have you back, barks Aaron, the taller of the two. In person, he has the closest thing to a full beard I've ever seen in a middle schooler. We tried to come by, but your mom said you were on bed rest. Yeah, I can't believe you're here. Chimes in one of the other guys. Didn't you jump off the clock tower on the village green? Beer wraps him hard across the face. He jumped off his roof, Maroon. If he jumped off, a, off the clock tower, he'd be dead. And he didn't jump, he fell. Who'd be stupid enough to jump off a roof? Aaron adds. This was pretty stupid too, I admit. A little taken back by that full face smash. And the fact that the kid on the receiving end didn't seem to mind it. I can't remember what I was thinking. In fact, you guys, to be honest, the slappy cuts me off. But you're going to be healed up in time in a in time for football season, right? You'll be ready for a first game. The doctor says no, it's my shoulder, but mostly it's the concussion. I can't risk taking a headshot as soon as, as soon after the accident. A howl of protest greets at this announcement. But we need you. You're our leading scorer, the best player, our captain. Cut it out, you guys. Our own orders. Injuries are part of the game. We all know that. To me, he adds, listen, man, we have to talk to you. He heads out the foyer to, a, to an in atrium with hallways leading off it. We have no problem navigating the 
dense crowd. My two best friends just push people out of the way. Most kids see the three of us and clear out on their own. They lead me to a bench along the wall. Are these seats taken? I ask a youngish boy, maybe a sixth grader. Before he can answer, Bill rumbles. They are now. The kid scrambles down the, fall, down the hall, propelled by a hefty shove. I sit down with my fellow pumpkin smashers. Before they can say anything, I burst out with our own beer. The names are unfamiliar on my tongue, like I've never spoken them before. I've got something to tell you. When I fell off that roof, I got more than a concussion and a sprained shoulder. I got amnesia too. Beer frowns. Amnesia? You mean you forget stuff? I shake my head sadly. Worse, I forgot everything, like my whole life before I fell. I motion around us. The school, these people, all new to me. I wouldn't even know you guys except your pictures on my on my phone. As it is, I don't remember anything about us. I know we're friends because my mother said so, but everything we did together, that's gone. I catch them eyeing each other, like they don't believe me. It makes me mad until I considered how I'd react if a longtime friend told me the same thing. Here I am, the kid they've known all their lives. I look the same, talk the same, and I'm telling them that all our history is completely wiped out. I don't blame them for thinking I'm joking. It is a joke, just not a funny one. I speak again. It's not just you guys. Think how it feels to see some random stranger instead of your own mother, your brother, your dad. And trust me, I'm not loving the thought of dealing with 800 kids in the school who think I'm dissing them because I can't remember who they are. Pierre stares at me hard. Wait, you're not kidding, are you? I wish, I say fervently. He's stunned. Wow, our own leans forward, practically into my face. Yeah, but your memory is going to come back, right? There's an urgency in his voice. He must really hate it that I'm missing out on the good old days. Some of it, maybe, I reply. But also maybe not. The doctor said it's, it's impossible to know. They look at each other again. And there is no mistaking how freaked out they are. I feel a surge of warmth toward these two, my best friends. I have a good vision on my phone screen. The three of us brandishing the baseball bat with a rune jack-o'-lantern. The good old times. Guys, I try to reason with them. I'm still me even if I don't remember the stuff we did together. We'll do, no st we'll do new stuff. Better stuff. Oh yeah, totally, Beer exclaims. And if you can't play football, you'll be good for lacrosse in the spring, right? 
The doctor said I should be okay then. by then, although we'll have to see. There you go, he sounds upbeat, although I'm pretty sure he's faking it. This can't be an, e an easy thing to process. If I wasn't the one with amnesia, I don't know if I could accept it myself. We're here for you, man. Arnett's slapping my back and s sending a jolt of fire through my separated, sh separated shoulder. I swallow an angry warning. One step at a time. Welcome back, boys. A deep voice intones. A tall man in a charcoal gray suit appro approaches our bench. Chase, I'm Dr. Fitzwallacy, your principal. I thought I'd reintroduce myself under the circumstances. We've met before, of course. A strangled. You can say that again. Comes from beer. The principal silences him with a single look through steel-rimmed glasses. Chase, come with me. Let's have a little chat. My friends are already slouching off down the hall, so I follow the principal into his office. On the wall are two large framed photographs, and I'm surprised when I identify one of them. It's on my wall, too. Part of a newspaper clipping about our football championship last year. It's me, helmet pushed onto the back of my head, hosting the trophy. The other is similar, although you can tell it's a lot older. The pose is almost identical. A young player raising the same trophy. I can't explain it, but the kids look sort of familiar, but... That's crazy. How can I recognize him? I don't recognize anybody. Dr. Fitzvalosi is watching me. That's your father, our only other win at state, back when he was your age. Wow, no wonder dad calls me champ. I should call him champ too. I tell the principal. I didn't know he won a state. I mean, I'm sure I knew at some point. That's exactly what I'd like to talk about to you. Have a seat, Chase. Dr. Fitzvalosi waves me into a chair. I have, a, I have to confess this is a first for me. Um, I've never had a student suffer amnesia before. It must be very upsetting for you, even a little frightening. It's pretty weird, I admit. Not remembering anybody, it's like I'm surrounded by all these people, but I'm still alone. The principal sits down behind his desk. I hope we can make this situation a little easier on you. I've alerted all the teachers and support staff, so we're ready for you. If you have any issues, just uh, have however is involved, get in touch with me. I thank him because that's what he seems to expect me to do that. One more thing. He leans back in his chair. And when he speaks again, it's slowly and carefully. As if he's trying to get his word exactly right. This is an awful thing that's happened to you. But it's also presenting you with a rare opportunity. 
you have to chan you have the chance to rebuild yourself from the ground up to make a completely fresh start don't squander it i'm sure you're not feeling very lucky but there are millions of people would give anything to stand where you stand right now in front of a completely blank canvas i stare back at my principal what is he talking about i'm struggling to discover the person i was and he wants me to change what was so wrong about the old me that now i have to be somebody else Thank you friends for listening to this episode of Daily Books podcast. I'll see you next week with chapter 4 from Restart by Gordon Coleman. Merry Christmas and podcast out. I guess